going to sit here and let you introduce me more. I like that. <laughs> That's beautiful. How are you, Jeff? Um, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Oh, I'm right. doing good. had a, a nice slow week this week. Not doing too much. Uh, well, I actually caught up on a little wrestling. You'll be very proud of me. There you go. Yeah. I watched, um, let's see, I watched AEW, the full show. I watched the full show of NXT on, you know, uh, I recorded yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I watched a little bit of uh, SmackDown. Okay. I, I didn't, I couldn't stomach too much of it. It got to be a little repetitive. And I actually watched oh, Monday Night Raw. And it wasn't a half bad show. Yeah, they should Raw no, wasn't that bad. Um. I agree about the SmackDown. Uh, the, I mean, Raw, Raw for them to have the upcoming pay-per-view on Sunday Survivor Series, that to be their their big kickoff, go home, whatever you want to call a show for it. I think they definitely they 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 did what they had to do to get people hyped about it because yeah, I, I mean you you set it up to where you had all sides invading on the Raw side and 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 them adding. Um, this year, it, to me, is making Survivor Series more intriguing than, than years past by adding the NXT guys to the element. Yeah. Now, my understanding is that they have three factions now. It's the uh, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT faction. Yep. That's now, right. are they going to mingle them, or are they going to be completely separated? Keeping them completely. This is going to be like one of the only times they intermingle like, like this. Okay, they're going to keep them separated after it. They're wanting to keep them brand separate. Um, that was one of the big deals that Fox was very specific about with the SmackDown contract was there were certain guys that they wanted over there that they wanted to keep over on SmackDown that they didn't want the crossover between Raw and SmackDown like they'd been having. Yeah, um, that's not to say that NXT guys can't get called up from time to time because what Triple H has alluded to, and if I think if he has his way, I shouldn't say alluded to, if he has his way, it's going to be on the main roster, if there's talent that isn't being used, and he sees a spot for them down at NXT, bring them down there, let them come off of main TV for six, seven months. Right, yeah. I totally agree with you. Repackage them a little bit and then call them back up. The, now, the other thing I heard, uh, and I thought it was really interesting. Uh, if this is if this is uh, the case, it's going to be. And I want because I want your opinion on this. And I want your thoughts on this. Okay. But here's what I, what I'm thinking: Why would they call up Kevin Owens to go back to NXT? They they did. That was a tease last night. Um, the Raw. Okay, I was. I thought, I thought to myself, Jeff, 
they spent all this time investing in this guy. Why would they? Why would yeah, they do they, that? Um, because, well, I mean, they just turn him face. Um, they're making. They're wanting him to become like the top face of Raw, and uh, yeah. I mean, because I, I think honestly, it. I mean, now it was years ago, a couple years ago that they talked about it, but a dream match for a lot of fans was actually Kevin Owens and Brock Lesnar, believe it or not. Um, you know, you're not the first guy to say that. And, and I mean, I don't know that me, myself, am intrigued by it. Let me get it, get, you know, let them get some meat behind it to let me, you know, see where they're, they're going to go with it. Yeah. Well, you know, Jeff, on the surface, it seems like a total mismatch. Oh, coming in. Oh, but that's who Brock does the best against. I mean, yeah, him and I've heard more people hyped about him and Ray Jr. than him and than him I and know. Roman. Now and think about that because, well, for whatever reason, Brock knows he looks good against the little man because he's able to sit there and sell for them and then just turn around and hit one big move and destroy them. Like, you know what it is, Jeff? It's Jason real simple. Exactly. It's the David and Goliath. It's Everybody loves to see the little guy get his comeuppance on the giant. Who does not like to see the underdog get the win? Exactly. I mean, honestly, who Sunday, besides New England Patriot fans, was not pulling for Philly to pull, beat, beat New England when it looked like they may do it? Don't I, even get me started with that game because my mother was having a conniption. I, I mean, one of my good friends, he was over here, and you would have thought he was watching the Super Bowl all over again. Right, exactly. And I was like... I'm going, dude, this is regular season, bro. And he's yeah. like, <laughs> I said, I get it. I know the implications. Yeah. Regular season loss. I understand all that. And he's like, but this is New England. I said, no, I understand that. That's the giant. That's the beast to beat. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. So let me ask you, Jeff, what do you think the appeal of Kevin Owens is? We've you never know, really I, talked I, about that before. He's able to talk. Okay. He looks like a common man. Okay, go ahead. I'm with you guys. He's not your bodybuilder type. He's not a Dusty Rhodes type even. Because he can move. And, and I mean, the man can do a, a, a double jump moonsault, you know, from the middle to the top and then hit a moonsault press. And, you know, just, he, I guess you would almost say he, he's not, he's almost a freak for a guy his size to do yeah. the doing and I yeah well, the only guy that i saw and you'll appreciate this because especially if you followed ecw the only guy i saw that that's comparable is blue meanie oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. blue meanie was size and able to move yeah now you look at blue meanie and i mean he was he's large and in charge hey, very much so i mean i think kevin Kevin Owens, a lot of it is the charisma, the fact that he talks, he can talk smack. Oh, yeah. And, and it didn't hurt that one of it, the biggest, I mean, one of the biggest storylines that a lot of fans appreciated over the last couple of years was Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, best friends that culminated yeah. in, in the babyface turn for Jericho and then their match at Mania. I mean, the dude's got a brilliant psychology, and I don't know who it is. Whose it was there at Mania, but him and Jericho, they put on a phenomenal match. Absolutely. When, you, when you're when you going for a three count and you make it to where you barely are able to reach it with only your index finger to break the count and not yeah. grab it with a rope. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm telling you. That, <laughs> but that's compelling, though. That That's telling a story. That's what I'm that's saying. What you're missing. You and I spoke about that. I mean... That yeah, we've, we've talked about that, you know, oh, yeah. several times over the last couple of podcasts. You know, telling the story and getting people invested in the match. And that's what it takes. And um, Speaking of which... Not to interrupt you, Jeff, but this is really fresh on my mind because I saw this last night. Yep. Bailey, no, I'm sorry, not Bailey. Becky Lynch is in the ring. Sasha's in the ring. Uh, I forget who, maybe, it might have been Bailey, I'm not sure. Charlotte. Who yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte come, yeah, Charlotte comes down wearing her, her blue feathered robe, you know, doing the whole, her father's whole gimmick. And she's going back and forth with Becky Lynch. You know, the man and the queen and blah, blah, blah. This whole bit. I missed and it. You could hear. I missed it, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but you could hear a pin drop. There was no investment. The crowd was completely dead. What do they have to do? No, they, 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 I don't care who they are. The crowd doesn't react to a promo anymore at all. They don't pop for them. They don't cheer. They don't boo. They don't do nothing. No, they rather just hijack a promo by doing the what's and whatever chant that they can come up with to kind of interrupt it than yeah. actually. I, I, I don't. I, I well, no. What do they need to do? They need to quit scripting them. You want to? You want to make people invest? Thank in you. It? You you quit scripting them. And you want me to give you a perfect example? I'll go real quick, and this is not going to be our recap show. I'm telling everybody that right now. Right. <laughs> and, and, and if you go back and you listen to AEW, or watch AEW from this past week, you watch Coach, or no, um, MJF and Chris Jericho, and they're classic. Classic. I was, and that crowd was into it the whole, whole time. Why? Because the crowd was for catchphrases that were written for them. They... And those boys, and, and, and MJF, if that man doesn't have talent, I don't know who does. because That kid is a master of the mic. I have very seldom, and I mean this, very seldom, seen anybody with the mic skills that he has. MJF. The only one who even comes close in that regard, especially as a heel, was Rowdy Roddy Piper. And, well, you know what? I was going to say Piper or maybe even Jim Cornette. And Cornette is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, but the, as far as workers. But don't forget, Cornette was never a worker. No, no. Well, well, Cornette said he would have loved to have matched him on the mic, just on the mic skills alone. Just Oh, yeah. And he said well, not I, now. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So... Um, I was going to get into a little bit of news really quick. Uh, no, for it. Yeah. I haven't been that big of a news week, I would say. I mean, nothing real. And then, then all of a sudden, it was like the wrestling world said, ha, ha, we've been too quiet. We're going to go ahead and shock everybody. And Tony Khan, for whatever reason, decided yesterday was the day he was going to respond to CM Punk's Twitter. And all CM Punk said was he had been watching and catching up on five years' worth of wrestling and that he's really enjoying the women's product. Right. And that there was a lot, though, that he's not enjoying and that he was going to address any and all wrestling on their backstage show that comes on FS1 tonight at 11 o'clock on Tuesday night. I'll go ahead and give it a plug. Um, okay. And he tagged Tony Khan in it. That's all he did. 
Tony Khan takes it as some kind of pot shot and delivers a fire back. Well, what did he take offense to, Jeff? He was tagged in a post or or, in a tweet that had WWE tagged in it. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know other than for a guy who supposedly wasn't paying attention to what WWE was doing, he sure let it be known yesterday, oh, I'm out here and I'm paying attention to y'all. Exactly. Because, I mean, to me, in all honesty, as the saying goes in wrestling, he sold it. Oh, yeah. He exposed his hand. And you don't do that. Not when you're going up against a master named Vince McMahon and under him is another one named Triple H. You just expose your whole hand. Yeah. And I mean, in retrospect, was that a, was that a wise move? No, because I mean, you're you are an executive. You own the company. You are the company president. You don't see McMahon getting on Twitter and Twitter beefing with nobody. Happy right. birthday. Here's company news. Congratulations, whatever, but he will not come out and pot shot nobody. Now, let me play devil's advocate for a minute. So, let's just say he did this with some method in mind. So, what, what what's the method behind this madness? What, what I, okay, I, I, what could he possibly have to gain no. other than the attention? It, it, that was it. it. It gained him attention. I think, I, I honestly think he got mad because, this is my opinion, I think initially he got mad that CM Punk had the nerve to attack him on anything to do with WWE because Punk did not go over to AEW like they were hoping for. I think that that's sitting in his crawl in a bad, bad way that they weren't able to get him the hottest. I mean, I don't care what anybody wants to say. CM Punk was still one of the hottest three agents sitting out there and everybody was waiting to see where he was going to go. And now he turned around and basically gave them the middle finger to AEW and said, yeah, these people who I've already done court battles with and everything else, they still offered me more money, and that's where I'm headed to. Now, let me give you something to think about. Okay. Okay, so everybody's making a big stink, a big to-do about CM Punk being back on WWE television. Yep. But let's be real clear. It's Fox television. No, okay, he's on Fox, but Fox had to go to WWE to get it okay, and he's he's technically under WWE contract. Okay, so now, here's the speculation, and you know how wrestling fans love to speculate. Yeah, yeah, I do. Go ahead. Yeah, so here's where I'm going. You probably already know, because you know the business. So here's what they're saying. CM Punk's from Chicago. That's his hometown. Yep. The next pay-per-view, well, guess what? It's in Chicago. Chicago. Exactly. Survivor Series. Yeah, so they're saying they, the the so-called smart mark, mark, the smarkies out there, are saying this is Punk's opening to combat. I think if he had one, and and everybody else speculated when he was there with AEW, when AEW was in Chicago for their... Right. Their pay-per-view prior to their, their last one, um, when they did this, uh, and um, I think it was all in, I, it was an, I don't remember which one it was. Anyway, they're one in Chicago, because Conrad had landed him for StarCast. Okay. Everybody assumed he was going to go over to AEW, boom, bang, there we go, he's going to be there in AEW. Yeah. Yay! We're going to get our, our, our crown prince back. Yeah, yeah not so fast. And he turned around and basically gave the double middle finger to everybody. Yeah. 
and said, up yours, I go where I want to go. Well, true. And he always has, though. And, but, okay, now I'm going to flip this around. It goes to what I, what we talked about a few podcasts ago when we were talking about contracts coming up. Yeah. Randy Orton and various other ones who have been around for a while. Yeah. Why would Punk have signed with AEW who haven't proven themselves yet? They could have offered him 10 million, 12 million, I don't care, millions of dollar contract. Yeah. And then let's just say they say, okay, it's going to be a five-year deal. And in three years, they close the doors. Well, yeah. Now you ain't getting paid. No. So you go over here to where you know Daddy Vince has got the money to pay me. Yeah, exactly. And I ain't got to, you know. Plus, he's got a history there, too. He could work out a Brock Lesnar deal. Vince, I only want to work four or five days, and I'm going to do the rest of it on FS1. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he's really in the driver's seat. So I think Tony Khan honestly was ticked off and he exposed his hand. Because Randy Orton stepped in after Tony Khan took the pot shot at CM Punk. Randy Orton came in with whatever he had to say. Then Randy Orton and Tony Khan went back and forth with some real life heavy hitted accusations. Yeah. I'll say this, Randy was able to back his up with a news article about Tony Khan's dad. Tony says it wasn't proven over a year and a half ago. It was, you know, something to do with some dogs, situate, I don't know. Yeah. Go back and really look into it to find it all out. And then the next thing you know is Brandy Rhodes pipes in there and has a little, you know, puts in a little meme of, of a boxer knocking another one out. And then Charlotte Flair had to pipe in. Yeah. And it was like, I got to give the WWE guys credit they were taking up for their company that wasn't a, that wasn't a matter of oh let's go to war with Tony Khan that was you start it we're gonna we're gonna come at you yeah you know? and I, you know what what does it say about AEW's troops when they weren't up there defending the man yeah you didn't see any of them piping in other than Brandy Rhodes you surely did not so nope. that that all being said I think though the other big thing and I'm really happy for is Cody, it looks like, has obtained the rights to the Dusty Rhodes name, the Rhodes name, and all character and likeness and all that with his dad. Right. He can finally bring all that home, and that's good. Good for him. I'm, I'm happy. Good for WWE for even letting it go. I mean, I'm sure that they did that on purpose. They could have been assholes and, and kept the trademark running, and they didn't. And so, so for everybody who wants to point a finger and go, WWE, you big meanies. They, yeah, they 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 could have really pulled it out, and 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 I mean, it would have been nothing for them to renew the trademark. Nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Because the trademark something's what all five bucks. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, for twenty five dollars, you could trademark the name Jeff the Ref. I'm saying, <laughs> now don't anybody else go out there and do that. Um, it's already copyrighted, by the way. There we go. So, <laughs> copyrighted under WWTF Inc. There we go. Wrestling with the Future Inc. Um, but then, I, I mean, he also got some old uh, of the old pay-per-view names and tags, like Match Beyond, which is War Games. Bunkhouse Stampede was one. Um, he's trying for Halloween Havoc. He got Bash at the Beach, which they're going right. to tie into Chris Jericho's cruise. Um 
Oh, okay. I was wondering about that because that's been speculated as well. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, all things that WWE could have blocked. And knowing that Cody would have probably, the AEW and Cody could have went after him. Because it looks to me like Cody is doing his best, and God bless him for it, to carry on his dad's legacy under yeah. the AEW banner. I mean, it, it, to me, and a lot of people have said it, it reminds them of WCW of old. Well, yeah, because you got Cody's thumbprint on it. And who's Cody the son of? Now, let me ask you, Jeff. Is Vince getting soft in his old age, or is he getting smarter? Smarter. Now, <laughs> I was you'd say that. <laughs> the other thing I want to ask you is, what do you make of the fact that Vince McMahon's personal worth his personal net worth is down to a measly $36 million. Give me, give me my yeah. dad. Yeah, let me dab my tears. You can't see this, folks, but Jeff has a napkin at his eye. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I'll tell but you his corporate man. worth is in the billions, by the way. You know, so nobody's going to have a GoFundMe for him anytime soon. Yeah, I made thirty-six million dollars. I wish I only had thirty-six million dollars that I was worth. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And well, speaking of a guy that's probably spent that much in his career, tell everybody who our special guest is tonight. Jack Victory once again returning with us, and he is going to be coming on. Last week we had. We had a really good feedback on the show. I mean, I, I got quite a few DMs and, and um, different things of people saying how much they enjoyed it. They, you know, um, they enjoyed his stories. I mean, I think if we could, I mean, I think more people would like to even see it where if I could almost do a deep dive, like four or five episode deep dive per territory that he worked in his career just off of all that he's done. And yeah. it's like, you know, because I, I have a few people that are like, well, why didn't you ask him about this? And it's like, Dude, I only had him for an hour and some change. I, I can't go for so long. So Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, we, we have him for whatever time we have him. Right. Now, tonight Jack promised us part two, but he promised us it. And remember, it's funny because it was his idea. Yeah. He said, let's do like road stories. Road stories and, and basically wants me to throw out names to him. It sounded like of various people. And, um. And we're going to go from there and just see what he's got to say about them. Well, I'll tell you what. You uh, just tell everybody where they can find us. Give everybody our info. Jack, we're found on virtual every single podcast platform out there that you can download anybody on. We are on Stitcher, Spotify, uh, you name it. We are there. Our main platform is from Podbean. Downloads, give us a like, uh, rate us, give us a five. And ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce to you at this time the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legendary Jack Victory. Hey, Jacko. What's happening, guys? What's going on? How you doing, Jack? How you doing? I'm doing good. Good. It's been a been a good week. What the? Well, I got to tell you something, Jacko. We uh. We have been flooded in our inboxes here lately. Everybody is looking forward to tonight's episode, Road Stories, with uh, with one guy called Storytime with Uncle Jack. <laughs> That's funny. So, but and I, and I, I, I kind of, I said, you know, it, this could be like an X-rated show. I might have to 
to issue like a parental discretion at the, <laughs> at the head of the show. So we are going to tell people that tonight's show may contain mature content. And uh, if you don't want a uh, an education you're not ready for, you might want to listen to Mr. Rogers or Sesame Street tonight. And as always, so go with that. So, Jacko, let me ask you. I'm going to start this this party off here. Okay. I have heard wicked, wicked rib stories involving the free birds. Can you tell me? Uh, do they? Do these guys live up to their reputation, or is it all hype? Uh, no, no, they, they live it twenty four seven. Just, just, just uh, a quick, a quick. Uh, oh my God, this was in New Orleans. Also, we uh, we went out after a show in New Orleans. It was it was the Freebirds. Um, I was there. Oh, a couple of other people were there, and we were out drinking. And you know, when 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 the boys roll into a bar, most of most of the attractive women come and hang out with us. So this particular night, um, we're we're pretty trashed right here. And uh, and a lot of these guys that that were in the bar started getting jealous, and words words came in, you know, blah 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 came. And one of them, one of them took a beer mug and smashed it on the side of my head and put about a six-inch gash on my head. And I was, I was bleeding like a stuck pig. And I punched him and knocked him out. And he he was he spent I think a day and a half in a coma. And I was like I was like I was like almost you know if he would have died I would have been charged with murder. But we had him. He was a full, full blown brawl at in this in this bar in New Orleans, and um, you know, Bam Bam was there, Michael was there. We, we it, it was fun, I, and I remember them rushing me out the side door because this guy was he was out cold. And I remember going knocking on Terry Taylor's room and saying, you know. I'm in big trouble, dude. <laughs> and I was, I was, uh, you know. I was covered with blood from the, from the tip of my toes to the top of my head. So finally, you know, finally this guy, you know, kicks out of this, uh, kicks out of this coma and everything. You know, the videotape, they actually had videotape on it back then, where it showed him hit me in the head with a bug and me defending myself. So there was never any charges or anything, but it was... It was well, well, I'd love to see like that. that. Well, now, okay. I got a quick question for you, uh, Jack. Sure. It is that you were there with Bill Watts, and there is the infamous stories that, I mean, I've, I've heard it told by various wrestlers, and maybe I'm sure you can vouch for it. Is it true that he would have fired you from the territory had you not won a bar fight and one was picked on with you? Absolutely. If you, I, and, 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 and that was a, that was a fact that if you – was working for Watts, and you were in a bar fight. You better win it. <laughs> you that is great. Win it. 
Uh, yeah, those that story is like notorious. People said, you know, Bill Watts, he was the real deal. He didn't play. I mean, if you were, if you were going to a bar with a baby face, he'd fire you too. I mean, he was, uh, he was so, uh, you know, uh, we had separate locker rooms. You know, a lot of people don't know that, that the, the heels and the baby face never saw each other. Yeah, they we were on, we were on totally at different ends of the uh, of the buildings. That was K Fabe for real. That was literally the referee running in between the tunnels and giving the finishes and back and forth, and it was all up yep, on the yep, referee. Yep, 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 doing all kinds of things like that. But um, and and, and you could tell uh, by the way. You know, the Heels called the match back then. You know, they were, they were the masterminds of, you know, of, of, of the matches. Um, and uh, Jack, can you tell us why that was? And I've heard that that was fairly common practice, that the Heel always called the match. Yeah, that was, that was about 95%. You know, if, if you were... If you were a heel and you were a rookie, you know, the, That's the obviously the babyface uh, veteran would, would, would call the match. But I think, you know, not not to take anything away from the babyfaces, but they had big egos. You know what I mean? So, you know, and, and the heels never really had big egos. And they knew their job was to get the babyface over, you know, and tell a, tell a story. To make the baby face look better on the outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and who knows if you know? Not 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 saying you, you would be eaten up if a baby face called the match. You know what I mean? But uh, I think that it was just it was just that was the nature when you were when you were learning how to be well learning in the profession wrestling. It was it was yeah, the huge job, and you took pride in it too. You know, if you told the story, and uh, you you had fan reaction, you know the the booze, the uh, you know the the comeback, the whole nine yards, and, and it was just uh, self gratifying. You know that that you actually uh, you actually were, went out there and called a really good match. You know, I mean, I think that's one thing that made Ric Flair, you know, as good as he was back in his day, was he was a heel normally nine times out of ten. In the territory wherever he was, and then the fact that he was able to call a match and make that baby face shine, and still a good on his way out without out having buried them, that's what made him the ultimate professional that, that he was. So I think, right. Right. I think I think what Angelo was kind of getting at was the free birds. You can either confirm, deny, and you can say it never happened to you, and yeah, you laid one of them cool. out. They had a habit of wanting, if you were in the locker room and you were showering, now they got a whole holiday Buddy Roberts or Michael, not Terry, they had a habit of These climbing just up the ones that I over the stalls where you may be showering and taking a piss on you. That never that had never happened to me. I, I have a couple more Freebird stories, though. Um, oh, go ahead. Buddy never never carried bags with them. Never 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 carried a bag. It would it would be like. It, uh, what what he was wearing in his uh, in his trunks and wrestling boots, like mm-hmm. in a bag. So there's this way. If, if this was Louisiana, also it was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I remember this day like it was yesterday. And the Freebirds always, you know, kind of were really, you know, 
late or, you know, really be close to being late. So we're in the locker room. Here comes the Freebirds. And Buddy has this luggage. And everybody's like, well, I don't know if everybody was like this, but I'm, I'm like, why does Buddy have luggage? Because he never travels with luggage. Right. You know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so he puts this luggage in the middle of the floor and walks away. And uh, it, it's just sitting there for a minute. And uh, I, I can see Michael talk to him. He goes, oh, do it, do it. So he unzips it and um, turns it upside down. And these guys stopped on the side of the road and picked up a fucking roadkill and put it in this luggage and brought it into the middle of the dressing room and dumped it there. Oh, my God. It had maggots in it. You guys are grabbing their faces and puking and running out. And Yeah. That was, yeah, that was in Baton Rouge, man. That was a, that was, that was fun. Yeah. There's a story involving Michael Hayes and, um, and Bam Bam. In a Texas bar, the, one right the story the goes package. that they went in after, you know, uh, a match at the Sportatorium and had a couple of drinks. Then Buddy Jack Roberts walks in a few minutes later. They all gather up at the bar. They have a couple of drinks. And somebody picks a fight with them. You know, you guys are them phony wrestlers, blah, blah, blah. One thing leads to another. So the story goes that the guy takes out a gun and takes a shot at them. Do you know that, that story? I, I did not hear that story. I, I could not uh, uh, confirm or deny because I, I, I didn't hear that story. Yeah, now, and Michael there, Hayes there tells the story. There was one story I think I heard Bam Bam did get shot at. Um, I, I, I don't I, I don't remember it. I don't remember it. You know, the bar... Um, the bar was called Manhattan's, and and when I told you, when I tell you, everything was free for the boys. Everything was free for the boys. Um, it was it was a bar. It was right on the outskirts of Fort, uh, Fort Worth. Um, I don't remember the own, owner's name. God damn, I wish I did. He was a really really great guy. But it did not matter if it was a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Anytime one of the boys went in there, everything was free. It didn't matter anything for free. I mean, everything was free. I remember we were in there partying, and we always had this upper deck VIP section. And uh, some smart-ass Mark came and uh, started getting into our faces, and, and the Iron Sheik was there. Oh, God. And he and, and the Sheiky... An open hand slapped this guy, left one of his boots in the floor, on the floor, and this guy landed about three tables underneath the table, and he was knocked out cold. Oh, Oh, shit. And, uh, yeah, and and the bouncers, they just, it was a routine back then, you know, just scooped this guy out and uh, and get him out. I I actually have a, I have a similar shaky story, bro. We had done a local show in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and, you know, Fort Bragg is an Army Marine town, and um, 
Sheik was down there. It was me, Sheik, Manny Fernandez, Rick Link, if you remember him. He's an old, old school guy. Anyway, we, we it was an independent show. We were going out. We were out drinking. These Marines, they started looking over at Sheik, and they were like, oh, you're that little Iranian. You're one of those fake wrestlers, blah, blah, blah. Manny Fernandez, of all people, stood up and was like, look, if I were y'all, I'd just shut up and be quiet before things get out of hand. Now keep in mind, Manny is one that he's always he's one to fight if he has to, but this lady is one to be chilled. And they kept on about Sheik and Sheik looked at the guy and he said, Okay, which one of you is the baddest motherfucker around? Like I will. He said, Okay, you get the first hit. He said, But you better knock me out. Guy draws back, he he hits Sheik. Sheik just like one take punches, turns around and like you said, opening a slap. Decided to do so hard, the guy drove right into the into the wall where he left it, an impression in the wall. He hit it so hard, all in one slap. I watched it with my own eyes. So I can vouch for for, for a Sheik story of that Jackstone there. That that's he has some amazing power. Now we were he talked Texas. You were talking Texas bars. Do you have any Von Eric brothers stories? Never. You know, honestly, they they would never come out with us. They would never. I heard that. They, I, I don't know. I don't know. They, uh, it, it, they were they were almost like rock stars in Texas. Though I mean, it was like you know they. Uh, they really couldn't go anywhere without being noticed. I heard that was part of their problem, Jack. Yeah, they were so over, but, but they never, yeah, they never came out. They never, they always stuck to each other and, and really never came out. Jack, were the Von Erich boys ever really considered like the boys? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, you would always consider them as the boys, yeah, but like, like I said, they would, you know, it, 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 not really frustrating, but, you know, they always kept to themselves, you know what I mean? Now, okay, here's, uh, I'm wondering, do you have any good uh, stories, because I know you ran with them for a few years, Rip Morgan. Oh, Ripper! He was—he was one of my favorites. He, uh, <laughs> he, uh, oh God! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we knew that was coming. I'll tell you when we when we came out with that oil family, you get you brought Lord Littlebrook in. You, oh yeah, you talk about uh, ass grabbing and ass catching. Uh, uh, you know, all the chicks love the little little guy, man. Yeah, I heard those midgets got laid like. Crazy man! Oh my, uh, little boy did, little boy did. He I was heard that. Pulling everybody out. See, I want to know the, the bars. I want to know the juicy stuff. I, I like. I want to know, like, if you not have a football fan, like that, just like followed you everywhere, like was obsessed with you or whatever. I mean, we, we've had we had girls in every 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 uh town. Yeah, I'm, you know, like a like a sailor, there's a chicken every port. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, did you have? I mean, we had we had favorites that would would travel a little bit, you know. But you know, but we we literally we literally had a chick in every town. And did you have any like? I, I wouldn't say road wise per se, but did you have any girls that you were actually even willing to stay at their house as opposed to taking them back to a hotel room? Like they actually took care of you. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be against the rules. Yeah, that would that would be totally against the rules. The rules the rules were 
talking Lord Littlebrook and Rip Morgan and you, Thank you sir. there's got to be at least one good Lord Littlebrook getting drunk on a bar stool story and falling over or something out there. You have to have one. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's fallen uh, over many a times. Uh, I mean, he fell every time he almost got in the ring. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> he was just a genuine Really, really cool dude. I mean, and he's been, you know, way before. I mean, he's been in the business twenty years before he even uh, became our manager. Now, you know? I gotta ask you because I probably got more stories than I ever ever had. You know what I mean? Well, what I was gonna ask you was, I mean, because I that was I really, I really actually believe it or not, I was a huge fan of that gimmick growing up as a kid. I mean, I was thirteen years old and I was solidly behind you. Um, y'all in that, that gimmick, I, I was probably one of the few people I know that was like, holy shit, it's the New Zealand, sh you know, the New Zealanders coming out, but whose idea was it to put Littlebrook with y'all? You said who did it? Yeah, whose idea was it? Whose idea was it to put you and Littlebrook together? Kevin Sullivan was actually the booker at the time. Oh, all right. I was just wondering um, about I that. I, I, I don't know if that was the exact... I think it was. Oh, Kevin had a lot to do with it. I, you know, um, and uh, it just gelled. It just gelled. Uh, I just wish they would have pushed it a little bit more. You know what I mean? It, uh, oh, I definitely. I, I Like I said, I enjoyed it. I mean, you guys came out there with the furry boots and the... The whole, you know, you had the boomerang. And Red Roach were the New Zealand militia now. Where you got, we, me and Ripper had a couple gimmicks together. <laughs> so, well, we y'all we still were New Zealand and the royal family. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jack, for a, for a, a good portion of your career, Jack, you were you were the heel. You know, and you'd expect to get. I don't, I don't think I'd be. I, mean, I think I might have had two matches as a baby face. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was just doing independence. Yeah, but you, you were, you know, you know the, the the dreaded heel, and so we expect, you know, you're going to get heat in the ring. Are there? Can you tell us a story of a, you know, maybe a frightening occasion when you know being a heel and having that heat followed you outside the ring? into your personal life? The sportatorium was was known for people getting their tires slashed. I don't know how many sets of tires the Freebirds went through. I, I, I mean, literally, literally, uh, they, would, they would have to get dropped off. <laughs> you know, when they, when they made that one comeback and... Uh, and attack Curry and stuff like that. I mean, it was it, it was it was heat. 
I heard that there was that the Freebirds used to have to park their car at the police station and get the cops to ride them in. Yeah, they because that's true. Then get their tires slashed. They would literally get their. I mean, because there was no gimmick parking for the boys. We always. I mean, it was the if you the sportatorium was a big team building. I mean, it was. It was like a like an aircraft carrier, uh, not a, uh, like a uh, where they hold airplanes. With yeah, I mean, it oh, was like just, a big hangar. It was like a big hangar type thing, you know. And yeah. It went down. It went down into you know. It went down into the ground. Um, it, it was just you know murky and and you know just just uh, just a great building. But yeah, we have, you know, we didn't have a fenced-in area for the for the cars. So if the, if if you didn't get there early enough, the marks would know who which cars you were. Oh, no you know, shit! And, you know, but uh, yeah, the Freebirds, you know, when when they were, I mean, when they were in the height of of the heatness, they uh, they would definitely have to get dropped off there. What about when you were with Tatum or there with Missy? Were you when you when you were with Hollywood John and Missy? Did y'all ever have that kind of heat to where you were getting tires slashed or people, you know, trying to hang? No, no tire slash, but you always it, it was it, all our stuff. I mean, meeting the marks outside, um, it, it was never, you know. Um, it, it, it was never. It was never to that level. It was never to that level. They were. They were pretty respectful, you know. Any any time we were at a bar is when when the mark showed their asses. Yeah, it was just because they uh, they got liquefied, you know, liquefied courage. Oh sure. Yeah. You know, um, they they would think that they could all of a sudden become Billy Badass and decide they wanted to challenge you. You know, they in their back of their minds, they wrestling's fake and blah blah blah. But you know, well, that, you know, that's a great segue. You know, like Jack today. You know, everybody's smart today, right? They're, or the so called. Yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah everybody's yeah. smart now. But back in the day, you know, everything was still kayfabe, and right. and there, and a lot of people, you know, thought it was a shoot, especially down south. Yep. Uh, yeah, particularly down south. So I can imagine that you drew, you know, like especially somebody like you, uh, Skandar Akbar, who you know represented you know the the foreign entity, people like that. I, I can imagine you guys drew a lot of heat. Well, Skandar, he 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 had to sneak out through a couple side doors in his day. You know, he uh, he, he he yeah, he he was not very liked. He was, uh, he had some really good heat back then. When you were doing the Russian assassin gimmick um, and, and, and the old NWA Jones and the Angel of Death, did you did you try to kayfabe it as far as like when you left the arena? Did you put the towel over your head so the fans didn't recognize you, or did you? Not? We, we, we wore a secondary mask. Yeah, we wore a secondary mask. Yeah, yeah, and then um, because that that was something that always fascinated me was about the mask wrestlers how they put it on like a mile ahead of time. And then they wear it out of the arena. I mean, no mask cares. They, they said, "Oh, it's your gimmick. You don't. You, you, you want to. You want to. Uh, you want to protect it as long as you can. You know what I mean? The yeah, yeah. You don't want to let the fans know if you don't have to type thing. So correct. Um, the thing is, when we were doing that 
limit was uh, going to the bars. You know, people, yeah, people saw me and Angel at a bar and hanging out with the guys, and they're probably like, yeah, that's the Russian assassin. That's when they come to you together, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, whoever was there at that bar turned around and called Meltzer up, and they're like, Hey, I got the dirt for you. I know who the Russian assassins are. You know, that, you know the internet wasn't cranked up back, back then, you know? So yeah. Really, you know, Meltzer was the only stooge uh, that, uh, that was ever, uh, you know, ever uh, right in the... Uh, well, no, actually, you know what's funny? I remember, is I remember that prick. I remember that prick. He, uh... He wrote an article about me one time, and, and I've, I've always had a, I've always had a big ass, and I always, you know, most a lot of times I had a gay and a B on each cheek, and uh, that that asshole wrote in an article one time. He says Jack Victory's letters are in two different time zones. Oh, see, son of a bitch. You know what? There's not too many that are very fond of Meltzer. Um, you know, and, and his dirt sheets, and, and most of the time back then in the 80s, and up until the internet, really, honestly, and what's funny is, the boys would bitch about it, and yet they were the ones, like some of them were the ones scooching off the news, yeah, the ones, how about everybody? Yeah. Here, Jack, here, here's one for you, uh, of all the, the territories you've worked, who's the one baby face that in real life was a real douchebag. Oh, oh God. No, I, I, yeah. If I have to make you think about it, there were probably a couple, so let's go, brother. No, not, no, not really. Not really. God, I, I, you know, I got along with everybody. I really did. I really did. There's, there's really not, I, I, I can't go there. There's nobody that, yeah. There's nobody that I would call out to be a dick. What about Luger? Back in the 80s. I mean, Luger, I mean, I, I really, I had a couple matches with Luger, but I really never had a phone match with him. You know what I mean? I never, I mean, I mean, there are, there are stories about him, and I, I myself can vouch as somebody who's seen him interacting with the Marks and... And even just in general, he comes across, he used to come across as a douchey prick outside of the ring. I mean, like, I would see fans go up to him and want to shake their, his hand. And, and I'm talking him as a yeah. he just kind of blow them off. Like, yeah, I've heard stories like that where, like, like he would, when the boys would go into a bar, like, Lex wouldn't get out of the car unless he oiled up his arms first. Yep. Yeah, that that's that's a true story. into too many bars, to be honest with you. Okay, I mean, I can see why. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, he was he was a nutrition freak. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, he wasn't probably big on drinking necessarily, and it was as much as I guess he won. He won if he won that big on socializing, then he went on out to the bar. So that makes sense. I do know that he was, you know, he had. I, I guess they, uh, you know, I guess he had his own locker room and stuff like that. So maybe, maybe them stories are true. Maybe he was a dick. <laughs> well, you know, what about now? Here, here's somebody who they they say was infamous for the ribs, but they were kind of merciless in their ribbing. Was the the Steiner brothers? 
Ricky. Oh, Ricky. Oh, I gotta tell you guys this story. This story. Okay, go ahead. We fly into, it was in North Carolina somewhere. We had a road, we had a, uh, a three day road, uh, road trip. And I don't, I know we flew into Charlotte and Paulie rented me, this, me, Rip, and the Samoans a Lincoln. And he rented Sting, the Steiner boys, and there was one other guy. There was one other person in her Lincoln, and this was under this was under Paulie's uh, Paulie's credit card and everything. And the Steiners, they were they were into uh, eating a lot of protein, so they always carried eggs with them. Oh my God! And, and I don't know, I don't know, I I know which one of I think it was Rick, uh, Rick Rick Steiner. I think is the one that threw the first fucking egg and hit one of the hit one of the Samoans, and the shit was on. Oh, we were driving two hundred miles to this town, and we were literally in a middle of an egg fight i mean we were driving backwards through ditches we literally destroyed these two lincolns where i mean i mean these lincolns were i remember uh we, we went to a, a car wash trying trying to trying to clean it out before we brought it back to the rental place we were like spraying the doors and things were like exploding you know the windows wouldn't go down anymore we destroyed two Lincolns. Oh, uh, 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 I mean, we. Oh my God, it was so much fun. I heard those guys were quite at the top of the hatter. Oh yeah, they were they were great guys. They were they I'm were really guys. Uh, I mean, uh, they. At least I can at least I, get the audio. Watch their it. matches. To watch the Steiners matches with them and any of the job tag teams. I felt, I felt so bad for a lot of those job guys. I mean, they were like they were just in there just to tear their heads off and not give them a chance. I mean, and, and granted, a lot of it could have been just the way that the that the enhancement guys were selling it. But my God. I, I, you know, I usually have here's the story though that the right. Steiners were pretty, you know, ruthless in that ring when it came. Give me a fucking hard time. It was just yes, they, they knew. Yeah, you knew that you were getting a uh, hit when you uh, when, when when they threw a punch. That was for sure. They they, they said you know if you got hit with Rick Steiner Steiner line, you felt lightning shoot out of your ass. So <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to get hit with one even now at his age, but, uh, <laughs> so, um, you mentioned the Samoans. What were they like? Great guys. Yeah. You, you, you would always, you would always want them uh, uh, in your little pack when, when a bar fight was happening because they were some tough son of a bitches, man. They were tough dudes. Them island dudes got that right, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm, we, we had a ball right in the middle of Bourbon Street in, uh, in New Orleans and, uh, just four guys that thought they were badasses and, and we're in the middle of the streets fighting. And uh, it, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun back then. Because, I, I mean, well, 
I don't know if you ever worked with Ming Haku, uh, you know, but there are the infamous stories about him, and he's one of the island boys, and, and the way that, you know, him biting noses off all the way down to... Everybody, everybody tells me he was the toughest one. I never really got to be in a territory with him, which, I, you know, he was always going out when I was coming in, and blah, blah, you know what I mean? It was, um, I know him, I know him, but they, they said he's, he's the man, he's, he's the toughest. Just one of them all. Actually, when somebody says to you, give me your favorite road story, what's your go-to story? Oh my God, it's my favorite one. The one that stands out. The car one is really, I mean, you literally got to realize this, this egg fight lasted for three days. Oh no. Go lay down, Princess. Go lay down. They were destroyed. They were literally destroyed when when we brought them back to the rental place. It was a classic when the guy looked at us and looked at the cars. It was like they got only had insurance on them. I was getting ready to say, that's when you just hoped and pray you had insurance on it because. Uh, yeah, he, he wasn't. Uh, Paul Heyman is not a dumb man. He, he, when you rented when you rented a car for the boys, you're going to get insurance. Well, I mean, well, there there are tales where. Uh, I mean, you know, I read about where Goldust, he, he told a story about how him and, and him and Owen Hart and Davy Boy Smith got in a bottle rocket and, uh, and bottle rocket and, um, Roman candle fight going down the road in rental cars, like firing them at each other's rental cars. And by the time they got them back to the rental shop, they were so dead at others. No, I mean, they just like left a note that just said, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, you, you know, the boys were so, we were so crazy back then, where if, if you notice, we always, we'd always travel in Lincolns and Cadillacs, yeah. you know, because you needed the room, so if, if you, if you see one of the boys driving and you, if you forget to lock your doors, you're an idiot, because they would literally, they literally would come, sneak up, driving uh, 80 miles an hour, and open your door. Yep. Jack, did you ever work with the Boogie Woogie Man? You know what? No, no, he was, he was already gone. He was, yeah, he was already gone. Yeah. I heard, I heard stories about Jimmy Boogie Woogie Valiant used to drive at night and this you, you can check this out it's all true he used to drive at night with his interior lights on yeah he loved to drive at night with his lights on inside the car there is actually and i'm trying to find somebody that took a took a car ride with boogie no, I, I never took one with him i, I but i can't say this the, there, there is a story at Boogie one time because of him wanting to ride with the interior light. He was with Coco Ware down in the Tennessee territory. Two of them, they were rolling up a JJ and smoking it and passing it back and forth. And they got pulled over. They couldn't figure out how the cop knew that they were smoking. And then they I was like, well, how stoned were y'all before you even did it? I mean, like... That's so funny. Now, okay, now Jack, I, smoking may not have been your your drug of choice. Smoking up, we'll just say, but who was the best at rolling on the road while you were driving? If you ever saw it, 
Oh God, I, I really didn't. I really, we really didn't hang out with too many smokers. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've just heard of, of tales of guys who were able to like roll one in between while they're going like 70 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour, and able to still roll one and keep the wheel going and roll it and lick it and, and, and smoke it. That means just like, holy cow. So, <laughs> um, I mean, my, when, when Johnny, Johnny was my, was, was the smoker. I mean, from, from the time he woke up to the time he went to bed, he was a smoker. Um, we were wrestling, uh, it was for world class. We went to uh, St. Lawrence in the Virgin Islands, and we, we put on three shows there. Sold out, sold out arena. Um, it was three nights. They put us up in, in condos right, right on the water. And, you know, of course, uh, you can't fly with, with, uh, with that. So as soon as we hit the island, Johnny's on a quest, you know, Johnny's on a quest. So he, he, he meets this, he meets this, I guess he was around 13, 14 years old, really, a really cool kid, and, and Johnny goes, I, I need some ganja. And he goes, oh, I, yeah, my family. And he goes, no, you gotta, you gotta get me some. He goes, oh, I'll bring you back some Tatum. I'll bring you back some Tatum. And, uh, our condo was on the second floor of this uh, of this complex, and I remember this to the day. This kid skimmed up a skimmed up a tree next to our balcony and jumped on our balcony and had a. a a brown paper bag full of pot for Johnny. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny was like in heaven. He goes, I'm not leaving this island. If I can't take it with me, I ain't leaving the island. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Now, I, I'm wondering, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you never worked with Andre, but there was a big man who you may have crossed with. El Gigante. Did you ever work? I mean, was he in WCW when you were there with uh, Rip Morgan? No, he was. He was already gone. He was already gone. Or, or he came in later. He came in after you did. He came in like 91 ish, and you were already out. Yeah, yeah, I was already gone. Yeah, I, I already. Yeah, I was already gone. Now, Jack, you worked with a lot of promoters in different territories. Um, we're talking about you know road stories with the boys and and some of the marks. You have any good road stories involving maybe like a cool promoter, somebody no, that hung out? No, no, none, none of them hung out with the boys. Dusty, but he wasn't a promoter. He was just a booker. Yeah, he was. Yeah, Dusty would hang out, but he would. He he was just a uh, the booker. You know, he wasn't. You know, he didn't own the territory or anything like that. What's you know? your best Dusty story? Which which one? What's your best Dusty story? Oh, Dusty really didn't. You know. Uh, I, I just, I, I remember, I remember being that kid when I was 12, I would always go to, uh, I lived, I grew up in New Jersey, was raised in New Jersey, but my, my aunts and uncles lived in West Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, Florida, so every summer I would go down there, and Florida Championship Wrestling, it would be every Monday night, they would wrestle in the West Palm Beach Auditorium, and I remember the front row seats were six dollars, and me and my cousin Eugene would 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 go to the matches. We'd be on the front row, and uh, we would buy our tickets that night for next week's matches on the front row, 
And well, I remember wrestling, watching Dusty wrestle King Curtis, um, uh, Ernie Ladd. <laughs> I can't make that. Um, just I won't stop doing Christmas presents to children. I don't want to. Amazing. Oh, excuse me, first day. Here we go. Come now, Mr. Claus. Man, I got all choked up. No. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> but um, I, I remember the first time I actually met him. When I was in the business, you know, I was like, hey, I'm that one's back memories, you know? Yeah. You know, Jack, you were talking about being in Florida. Now, you spent some time in Florida, right? Well, I live here now. I live in Florida now. And, um, but but I, when I was growing up, I always, I always went to, uh, you know, Florida for the summer. Did you did you ever have any uh, any interaction with or dealings with uh, Eddie Graham or Mike Graham? No, I don't, I don't know. I just remember watching them. You know what I mean? They're, you know, just watching them when I was a young kid. You know, just idolizing these people. You know. We're, we're gonna, man, we're gonna, I'm gonna fast forward us past the territories here. We're gonna go to ECW. There's got to be some kind of crazy ECW. I'm just gonna go there. Go ahead, Jeff. You gotta have ECW. Where, where can I start with that territory? I mean, the, the funnest night was the LA, LA, um, the LA riots. Um, I, you know, there was this. We, we did a pay per view in LA, and there was there was this um, guy that that tried to start a wrestling company or had a wrestling company they were called and at the time extreme professional wrestling and they were thinking that they were going to be you know, the west coast answer to ECW basically right and, and I think they bought tickets and they showed their asses inside our yeah in, in our show yeah there's some scene that exists in that too Something happened, or what did happen? And I mean, it flowed out in the middle of the street. Yeah, people fighting everybody. Okay, Jack, who initiated that? I mean, we remember. Oh my God, people fighting everybody. I think that was the night Steve got busted open so well he had to get stitches. So he went. He he can't fight anyway. So I'm glad he stayed on the stretcher. <laughs> Jeff, he's dissing your boy Carino. Hey, that's okay. It's all right. <laughs> no, very good talent. I mean, you know, his son is looking really good lately. Have you seen his son? We use his son every He's beefing up here. He's going to be good. We use his son up here with the, the promotion. He's actually you told me that last week. Yeah, you told me that last week. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, really good. Yeah, he is. He, uh, I mean, Colby is just, he's coming into his own and. And he looks like his mom. Holy shit. He does. Yeah. Yeah. No shit, right? Angela, you were asking who started that? That was actually the XPW guys who started that. I was going yeah, I was going to say, Jeff, who, who threw the opening sound in there? But it was. They, they started it. They did. I know Paul Mahoney was really itching, really itching for a fight that night. 
Well, what it was, was they, it, there was rumor that they were going to show up because by then it, the, the internet was in the baby, baby stages. But the rumor was that the XPW guys were going to show up. They had all bought like virtually like like the whole front row on one side. And oh, yeah, I think so. I think and I want to say it may have been on hard camera side on purpose, but I'm not positive about that. But I want to say it was RVD or somebody got thrown over. I want to say New Jack was in the match and he saw it and one of the XPW guys took a, a couple of hits, like legit hits at him. And next thing you know, is the brawl was on. And as you said, it went from the ring to the the arena to the outside of where they were in the middle of the street brawling. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember balls screaming, fight, it's on. Mm-hmm. I just remember the locker room clearing out. I, I just remember the locker room clearing out, and we were fighting. We were it, fighting everybody. Well, now, is it true that they used to have that even in ECW, you guys would have to deal with the marks even there to where one of the boys would come back, and they'd be like, there's a fight out in the parking lot, and y'all would go yeah. run out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of fights in parking lots. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, you, you know, you're talking about ECW now, and I'm sure there's like a boatload of stories, and we're going to get into them. But I got to ask you, you know, every Jeff and I have talked to people, and everybody said, well, Paulie owes me money, and, and Paulie owes me 100000 and Paul, Paul owes me 75000 but I'd work for the son of a bitch tomorrow. What is it about Paulie that you're laughing, you know where I'm going with this? <laughs> Yeah, he knows to the penny. And I'm like, okay, now Paulie were to open up, he said, I'd be there tomorrow. I said, would you want to have your hand out and give me some damn money? He said, nope, not at all. Yeah, Shane Douglas told me that Paulie owes him $144,000. But he worked for him tomorrow. No, it's probably, yep, it, yep, it's, uh, it, it's just, it's just the way the boys are bred, I guess. Did know? he have, was, were his motivational pep talks just that fucking good? <sighs> that you could look past, you know what I mean, like that, you know, this, like that you could look past, you know, how much he owed you, or look past how cheap he was, or... You know, and I'm not saying he was cheap. I'm I'm just going by what what the boys are telling me. So, but but it seems like they love this guy, and they would like lay. I mean, you have to be either really devoted or really fucking good to lay to lay your like whole body on the line for this guy every week to get. You know, pummeled to the point of being killed for basically no money, because you guys weren't making a whole lot of scratch in ECW. 
speeches as far as it was like ECW versus WCW and versus, you know, versus them, us versus them type mentality. Yeah. Not really. Not really. We, we, we really never, I, you know, I don't think, I don't think we were ever in competition with them guys. I, I, no, no, know, but it was on a little brand, you know, they, they weren't doing what we were doing. No, but Paul Heyman, I mean, the, the stories, I mean, that, you know, I mean, I've heard them told to even me, but he would give these, they they say back in the day, and maybe not so much when you were there, but back when they were first getting on pay-per-view and getting ready to, you know, try to, you know, be that third, you know, comp, you know, third, you know, fed out there and compete with WCW and WWF at the time, WWF, now WWE, he would give these big rah-rah us versus them mentality speeches. Yeah, that's what I was getting at earlier. Yeah. And yeah, I'm glad that you that you brought that up. So thank you for for that. Jack, you were there twice though, right? If I remember? No, no, just one. Just one time. Oh, okay. Because by the time that you got there in ECW, that was near the tail end of their run, wasn't it? Was right before they closed the court. I, I, I guess I had about a two-year run, about a two-year run with them. Right. And, uh, and, and, and uh, yeah, of course, I was there when it was hitting the, it, it was hitting its peak, and I was there when it was hitting its lows, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it could have, you know, if we, if we just, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know that there was an answer. I don't know what kind of deal. I don't know what kind of deal he he uh, gave to Vince, but I, I guess it was a good enough deal to uh, you know put us out of business. You know, I got a question for you, Jack. You know, let's talk about the locker room for a minute. You know, you, you were there. And New Jack was there, right? I was. All right. Now, I know. New Jack outside the ring. He, he spent two days at my house with me. Okay. Um, he slept and drank vodka. Um, what kind of guy was Jerome, Jerome Young, New Jack? What kind of guy was he in the locker room? If he liked you, he was an awesome guy. If, if he didn't like you, which he didn't, he, he didn't, he, I think he liked eighty percent of everybody in the locker room. Um, but he was, he was not. He, New Jack was a great guy. Yeah, I found him, and I'm not talking out of school here, but I found New Jack to be kind of an odd bird. He was a great, great guy as long as he wasn't drinking. And he was sociable and he was friendly, but the minute he took that first drink, man, he became a whole different guy. 
And he became like belligerent and arrogant and like. I didn't see that. Yeah, he spent he spent two days in my house. I fed him. We had a great time. He spent time with my family. They loved him. He was a great guy. And then all of a sudden, how, he, how long ago was this? Was this last year? Last year. What's oh well last year? So I I don't know. I really never, never, really never a drink or drinker, you know? I mean, the one thing he's always talking about was he always liked the white more than anything. Yeah, he said that. Yeah, that, that, I, I, yeah I'm sure he did, but it, it was, it was, uh, yeah, he was really never a drinker and to be, to, to be that way. So maybe he's going through hard times, you know, I don't know, I don't know. He was always a great guy to be. We always had a great time together. I, I got a question. I got a question for you. Which territory had the best rats? The best women? The best what? The best women. Which territory had the best women that you would say? Best looking, the best. I, I, I would I, be mid south sports. That would, that would there you go. Exactly. I knew where he was going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I also was 18 years old, 18, 19, 20 years old back then, you know what I mean? That's what I'm yeah, yeah. I just got married when I was 20, 21, I think. Yeah. yeah. Jack, at what point did you realize that, that, you know, hey, I finally arrived, I finally, like, I made it now? I, I, you know, I, I don't know that. I, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe when me and Johnny won the world championships, I, I don't know. You know, I won the Texas Heavyweight Championship, and that was that was nice. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not. You know. I, I guess it's all in them virtually in the eyes of the beholder as far as like where you were and if you, if you you know some guys would say they never made it and they could have been on top you know what I mean like in their eyes they never if they didn't win the world title then they never made it so to say so I think what we're learning about Jack I never felt like that you know I never felt like that I I I always I always really concentrated on having a having a tag I've always had better matches when I was a tag team than right. I did when I was singles. I, and that was just my preference. Um, it was to be, to be in the tag team. What happened to the tag team division? Why did they disappear? I just, apparently Vince don't like it. And I have no clue why. I have that's no the most honest answer you're going to get right there. Yeah, I mean, I think I, that's what I heard. Rumors that Vince don't like him. So... And that's so strange to me because tag wrestling was such a big part of his father's company. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. But, but tag wrestling in the South is huge. Even now, it's still huge. Right. I love tag wrestling. Is that just the, the difference, Jack, between the North and the South? Because there, there are stark differences. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There is. A, I think. I think what Jack is saying is, is accurate. I mean, it's just that Vince doesn't see the need for tag teams. He doesn't. He never. I mean, for whatever reason, he got away. In the eighties, they were prominent, and and yeah, well, that's what I'm getting at. And no, but I mean, for whatever, it, it's 
It's some kind of mindset that he's got into his head. And whenever he gets it in his head, unless somebody talks him out of it and shows him differently, he tends to run with is it that they don't draw money? Oh, I think they draw money, but for some reason, he, when, when a tag team starts to get over, he splits them up. I, I don't understand it, and it never, it yeah. never made sense to me. Well, then you and I agree. I, I don't understand it, and it, it, it confounds me. I, 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 I actually heard Conrad ask... Uh, Conrad Thompson was talking about this. I want to say it was with Bischoff. It may have even been with Bruce Pritchard prior to Bruce working with WWF currently. But what they anyway, what they hit on was they said tag team wrestling. You got if you got a main event where you're running around the territory with a tag team main event, you're paying four wrestlers and having to pay four wrestlers main event pay versus only two. And you're paying them anyway. They're all under contract. Yeah. I don't know. If they didn't have contracts, I could see the argument being made for that. Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. But they all, I, I, yeah, but Jack's right. They all have guaranteed contracts now. I'm just saying what I heard. You know, I, what I think we're learning about Jack Victory is that he's a painfully humble and shy guy. That likes to wreck Lincoln Continentals and caddies. At other wrestlers. I can't face them. Yeah, exactly right, <laughs> Now, um, I, I was going to ask you, uh, Jack, be it as that I'm, I'm, I live here in Norfolk. Do you remember Norfolk, Virginia at all, the Norfolk Scope? Oh yeah, absolutely. What a great building. Okay, now do you I mean any like any stories from my little area here or you're just you just remember it being a good little area and that was pretty much all you got. We used to we used to stay at that holiday inn. Yep. Oh. And they had a really cool bar there. I, I remember the bar. The, the the airport you can imagine, you can imagine that me remembering a bar. There you go. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I just remember. I mean, no, no crazy stories. I, I just, I remember I, I hooked up with a girl there that you saw me at the baseball game with. And you should have been with that girl. Oh boy, well, she, was a, she was a knockout blonde bombshell. That's all I remember. Yeah, she was a knockout blonde, and, and it's really sad that I don't remember her last name. <laughs> well, now you okay? You mentioned going out to the bars. I got to ask you, either back in the day uh, or even now, more maybe. But what what would what would be your drink of choice? You're out, and if you're gonna have a beer, what kind of beer do you prefer? If you're gonna have a mixed drink, what kind of mixed drink? Yeah, when I, when I, when, well, it, my first name says it all. Jack. Um, yeah, I, 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 I drink Jack and Coke. Um, I, I was not a beer drinker. Now, now I am a beer drinker, and I don't, I don't drink Jack. So on my, my weekends that I'm off, I, 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 I drink beer. Okay, okay, and now that was... I was just curious about that. As uh, it's what was Jack Christmas when you were with ECW, do you remember the boys talking about a place called the Roundhouse? No, the infamous uh, Philly uh, Hotel. The Philadelphia Hotel was a circular hotel they used to call the Roundhouse. Yeah, they tore that down. Yeah, did you yeah. hear stories out of there? It needed to be. <laughs> 
Yeah, need to be torn down and burned down after they were done. When we were when we were in ECW, we stayed at the. Um, oh God, yeah. Uh, I think it was a holiday. I think it was a holiday right there in Philly. And uh, we went to uh, we went to the. Oh my God, what's the name of that bar? Oh, oh that's sad. My my memory has has. Was it the Dolphin the Dolphin Bar? Well, I know it was like a, a, a like a. Laguna, Laguna Beach. Oh, Laguna, yeah, sure. Yeah, Laguna Beach. Yeah, I knew it came back. Yeah, yeah it's on it's on Delaware Avenue in Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very very cool park. We yeah, they treated us. Yeah, they treated us very good. It's still there. Yeah, cool. Now, uh, uh, so he didn't have any infamous uh, Philly uh, hotel story there. That that. No, uh, the dungeon, the dungeon in Atlanta. Uh, Lorraine, uh, but we we stayed we stayed there for years for years and years and, and it was called the dungeon and there was a lot of shady things went on there with rats and, and guys and everything so yeah and the, the dungeon is infamous is there the one dungeon, the dungeon is still up and up, uh, up, uh, still running still There's running a, uh, I'm trying to check no, I just, I, I, I went past, I was in Atlanta uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I saw the dungeon, I, and I just, I just, wow, I was like, man, I spent a lot of days in that hotel, a lot of days. There, you're talking about Atlanta, there was a, there was a famous strip club that a lot of the boys used to go to, it was called uh, the Golden Slipper. No, it was the Gold Club. The Gold Club, okay, the Gold Club. Yep, that's where uh, that's where Diesel uh, was was a bouncer before he oh, got Oh, okay, the... I got you. All right. Yep. yep. What yep. do you remember about that place? Oh, every girl that worked there was eight and above. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and, and it was completely nude, and it stayed open to four a.m. in the morning. Wow. And they came for their boys. What's that? I said they catered to the boys. Well, no, no, the, yeah, I mean, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. It was, uh, you know, there was, there was, there was, a, there's 10 good strip clubs in Atlanta. Well, yeah, you know, Atlanta's known for the, uh, you know, Tattletales. There was, there's, there's a lot of strip clubs. Uh, <laughs> in, in Atlanta, you know, uh, unlike here. <laughs> All right, Jack. So we're going to press you on it. Your favorite strip club? My favorite? Yep. Um, I want to. I'm going to say the Oasis. There you go. That, that, that's in Atlanta, also. Oh yeah, in Atlanta, GA, Jeff. <laughs> I'm, I'm headed there tomorrow. You're not that far, kid. <laughs> not really. Now, now, there's some there's some uh, strip clubs in Tampa, Florida, Las Venus, and stuff like that that are pretty wild, man. They are pretty wild there. I, I, I uh, here here in our local area here in Virginia, we are a. Uh, pasties and bikini bottom club. Um, 
Yeah, we're in, in, I would I would shoot myself in the foot. As a, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's funny as whenever you know we we bring in any any of the you know any of the boys you know any of the name named quote unquote name wrestlers when we bring them into you know for Vanguard and you know every now and then they may want to go out and they may want to go they they'll be like well is there a local strip club. They know if they go to a strip club, they're pretty safe as far as like from the marks bothering them and that kind of thing. So that's why kind of like a go-to is, you know, where's the nearest strip joint? And we're like, no, really, it's not worth it. It's not worth your time or energy. You don't need to bother. It's like, <laughs> save your money. <laughs> so, Jack, you're a guy who who got along pretty well with everybody. And it, it's evident by the way people talk about you. But there's got to be, there has to be at least that one guy somewhere that you had heat with or for whatever reason rubbed you the wrong way. Whether it was, you know, I, I tried to remember his name, but one guy in Mid-South Sports tried to shoot on me. And I punched him in the mouth and 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 put put it into it really really quick and he wasn't in the territory very long but I don't remember his name I don't remember but I remember him trying to shoot on me and I remember punching him in the mouth and and you know like I said basically the match ended and Grizzly Smith said, what the hell was that? And I said, oh, I'm trying to shoot him. He so I, 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 I laid him out. And um, I just don't remember the Did you have words with him after the, after the match, back in the locker room? No, 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 no. He was pretty embarrassed. He was pretty embarrassed. Um, you know, as soon as we hang up, I'll remember his name. I, 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 I try to think of it. Was it a case? Had you just got started when he tried to, to, to do that? Was it a case of him just trying to take liberties with you? I was around a little bit. I was around a little bit. I was okay. around a little bit. Um, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why. And maybe to this day, maybe he doesn't. He, maybe he thinks that he wasn't shooting on me. But you know, I I've been in a lot of freaking matches in my life, and it, you know, creepy. it seemed like he was shooting on me. So. Who would you, uh, you're, you're talking, I mean, shooting and, and all that in the ring. Who would you say was probably the snuggest to work with? Like, who who threw the most potatoes at you? Oh, you, you always knew you were, well, the only, the only wrestler that ever blew me up was King Kong uh, Brody. Oh, Bruiser Brody. Wow. Brody. I mean, he would literally just fight you until... I, you know, I, I used to be able to go when I was, you know, if I climbed. Right. But he blew me up, and I, I just, I, I was sucking wind. I yeah, they said wind. that it guy could a, go all night long. He could go all night long and, and wrestle 20 minutes, and then go and, and work out for him five or six more hours. The guy was a freaking machine. Yeah, you know, Jack, I'm glad that you brought Brody's name up, because, uh, and Jeff and I... Uh, well, we talked about this last week off the air, but one of the people we've been in contact with is uh, Barbara Goodish, uh, Bruiser Brody's widow. Oh, yeah. okay. I met, yeah. her, I met her at the, uh, the gathering in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in Charlotte when we did, when we did that signing. Um, she oh, was all right. Behind, she was right behind my table, and, and I got to meet her uh, and, um, 
Yeah, very, uh, very, very glad that I got to meet her. Sweet, sweet girl, sweet lady. Did you have a chance to, to exchange words with her at all? Well, not, not really. We, we really didn't have time. I mean, everybody was, you know, signing this, sign this, do this, do this. So it wasn't really, there was no really any, you know, most of our stories come sitting around drinking, you know, at a bar. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just never, never came about that, you know. Yeah, we're, just, we're really going to try to get the... Uh, Mrs. Bruiser Brody, Barbara Goodish, on the show. Of course, you know, Frank Goodish is the man behind Bruiser Brody. Unfortunately, left us way, way, way too soon. Way too soon. Yeah, way yeah. too soon. I'm just glad I got a chance to wrestle with you. Did you happen to catch the Vice, the Viceland series that they did where the, 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 the whole... Story about oh yeah, Dark Side of the Ring, Jack. Did you see yeah. that show? I did not. I did not. Um, they went into some pretty gory details that a lot of people didn't even know to this day. Yeah. About everything that went down, and I mean that that was just a bad situation. I mean, yeah, Jack. Just so you know, the Bruiser Brody episode, the full episode, is available on YouTube. So if you get a chance. To YouTube. So, so what, what is this? Is, is this like a gimmick? Is this like a show? Yeah, it's a, a documentary series. It was a seven-part series okay. uh, on the underbelly of pro wrestling, and they did uh, Bruiser Brody, the death of Gino Hernandez, uh, fabulous, awesome. yeah, fabulous Mula, the Von Erichs, and I haven't even asked you any Gino oh, questions okay. yet. Um. Yeah, the Von Erichs, they did. Uh, Jeff, who else? Um, oh, Ma Macho Man Savage. It looks like every other fucker went down there. I know, was, but it was like that's a, not uh, far from the compass. Yeah, Jack, it was a full series. It was a very interesting. Yeah, in fact, they're bringing it back for a, for a second season. It sounds like they did everything on Dead Guy, so I hope they don't ever do whatever they want to be. There you go. Yeah. 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 Get out, wrestle, get in this portion, go back home. Yeah, guess who bought it? Good. See, that was basically what I knew of, uh, you know. Wow. <laughs> we heard stories that, you know, that, that he was uh, in a constant state of a paranoia in the last, like, seven, eight months of his life. I was wondering if you had, like, maybe any thoughts or heads up as to, you know, what might have been wrong. Because they purchased the I, I have no clue. I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, it was, he was, he was, he, like I said, he, he come in, wrestle, and leave. Yeah, you know, the rumor for a long time was that Paul Bosch was his father. And I think Jeff has some clarification on that. I mean, I, I was in the territory when he passed away. I mean, I, you know. Yeah. I, the good news and I, I know, and I, uh, I know Chris. I know Chris found him. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was not, not a fun time in the territory. Yeah. I know that. You know. And, uh, 
that's exactly that's exactly what Dusty told me when he wanted to bring me in as a uh, as a uh, the Russian assassin. Listen here, baby, I got a great gimmick for you. Now, now, Tony Schiavone told Cody the infamous story, and I got his. I, I'm sure you'll confirm it. He said that Dusty used to have a habit of sitting around the locker room with just his hat, his cowboy hat and his boots and nothing else on. That is absolutely 110% true. And, and not just sit around, walk around the, the locker room and walk around the uh, back of the building. We heard that. We heard that story, so it's been confirmed by Jack Victory, folks. That is 110% true. If Jack says it's true, it's true. Count on it. I, I, I gotta ask you, I mean, this has nothing to do with uh, the boys or anything like that, but do you currently watch any of the current day product on YouTube I catch up on a little bit of the things but I just don't I just don't have time I really don't I, I mean I, I, you know, I kind of I didn't expect you to really say that you did because a lot of times a lot of guys I mean it's like once they get out of it and you got your, your quote unquote regular shoot job after that and you're doing your own thing, you don't A, you don't have time and B, it's it's almost like you don't want that bug to bite you again necessarily, you know, like where you're going, damn it. I, I, I like I like the new stuff that's coming out with the with the the Rhodes boys and stuff like that. I, I like I like that, you know, it's, no, it's got a little bit of you know, a little bit of old school, a little bit of ECW mixed yeah. in there, a little bit of, you know, I, I I like that. You know, I like I like different. You know, I like different. I, I, I you know, I was I told Angelo the the new promotion there, AEW, um, that's the one run by Cody and and and, and Dustin has a hand in uh, hand in it as far as like helping out with the promos and behind the scenes and all that good stuff, but. I, I mean, the, they have an old WCW, but they, their fans almost got an ECW type feel as far as like their loyalty to that product. And I mean, when you know when they're chanting the Fed's names of AEW, not not chanting the wrestler that says something about it. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, well, they did the same thing with ECW, right? Yeah, that, that's my point. That's what I was getting at. Was the fans have that same kind of the, you know the feel? The feel of the audience is. Like of uh, of that that Dr. the audience loves the Fed over one particular wrestler. It's like a whole. They love them as a group as they whole. Is what I'm, I was getting at. Like they did ECW. You know, Jack. The last show we did, you, uh, you you laid some info on us that Jeff and I did not expect, which was that you've never been formally trained. Yeah. So, so here's a question I have. Okay, the Performance Center in Florida, where uh, Steve Carino had you know had a part in. Um, they're training guys anywhere from 50 to 60 guys at a time with the same methodology, doing the same moves, teaching them how to do scripted promos. Do you think that that really benefits the product today, or does it really hurt it? Because Jeff and I have had this this back and forth banter you know Jeff's contention is that yeah, it readies them to go to the main roster my contention has always been it's cookie cutter wrestling well I, I, I mean I'm going to take this to my depth is that you 
if 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 it's not in your blood and you don't know um, the background on wrestling, you would never make it in this business. You can't believe that. You know, taking you know, uh, I mean, I, I I spent a week down at the Performance Center, and there's there's a lot of talent down there, but there's also guys down there that are built like brick shit houses that don't even have a clue. Yeah, you know, they don't have a clue and they will never, ever make it in this business. You know, um, and that's just, that's just, uh, that's just the facts. You know, Jeff and I have had, have had that discussion, you know, and, and, and Jeff, you know, uh, has, has that viewpoint that it's the stepping stone to the neck, you know, to the main roster. And I still contend that to me, it looks like you know cookie cutter wrestling. It looks, they're all doing the same. I've never argued that they're not the same. I said when they took when they took away when they took away from the heel calling the match and and did everything scripted. It, it, it took a big chunk out of the excitement of pro wrestling because you, you don't know when you have a scripted match you go out there like little robots and you do your little scripted match exactly how the fans are going to react to it you know and you do you go out there and have a chin lock for five minutes and the fans react to it really well you go out there like robots and, and, and you and you put on this scripted thing um and I, I just think the fans are smart to it. Yeah, you know what's funny? Right along the same lines, Jack, with what you're talking about, you know, Johnny Valentine, Greg the Hammer's dad, you know, would, would put you in like an arm bar for five, six minutes, and then if the people started booing, he'd keep it on longer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, your, your job as a heel was to, to, to get those fans wild up and, 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 to, get, and to make that baby face shine. Yeah, and, and, and now, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it, it, to me, it's nothing more than a spot fest. There you go. But here's the difference. Show night. This is what I was going to get at. It's not that the matches are scripted as much as it is that the boys in the back, and any of them will tell you this, because you, you, I'm sure you saw this with your own eyes. You were down there at the PC, Jack. They will go to the boys, the wrestlers. They will go over Two their hours match and for 10, 15, minutes. 20, 30 minutes or more before they go out there to do their match. It's I've not that they're going hammer lock here, drop toe hold there, and following a script like you're following a play script. Is, 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 I know, and that's why, and, and that's why I think WWE is, is so stale right now. It's just so stale. It is. Exactly. It used to be, and Jack, you know this from experience, brother. You call it in the ring, and and you can go anywhere you want with it. Oh, yeah, it's a spot fest. It's crazy. Somebody's good. You know, these kids, my contention has always been, that they are shortening their career life, their shelf life by light years because they're they're putting their bodies at risk 
unnecessarily, needlessly for a, a 10 second pop, if it even, if they even get 10 seconds out of it, for what? Yeah. To do a moonsault, you know, off the top rope into the crowd, for what, for what purpose? Even crazier, even crazier. People that you can, who, it's okay, so we know you can do a moonsault off the top rope, who gives a shit? Well, I mean, it, I don't know, you know, it, it, it's it's hard to turn it back, you know, it's gone way too over that edge where, you know, old school wrestling is, you know, pretty much dead, you know, it's not, uh, I don't think it can ever come back, you know. Well, I think AEW is at least trying, and I'll give them... Kudos it to is, trying. It is. It is. And, and it is. And it Good does look a little bit more uh, less, less robotic. Uh, yeah. You know, so. You're not cookie cutter. You know? Yeah, that, that new AEW. It, it's, if there were like a hybrid between ECW and the NWA, you'd, a, you'd end up with AEW. With a little bit of WCW mixed in. I know. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, Jeff. Absolutely. Jeff, you have any more questions for Jack before we let him go? I was just going to ask you really quick. What was your opinion of the the performance center? You said you were there for a week. What was your? It's 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 freaking unbelievable. I mean, it's it's really uh, you know there's one, two, three, four, five. There's five rings. Sally Star. There's a Star. I mean, there's rooms upstairs with thousands and thousands of tapes of interviews and stuff like that. Yeah, I always go over promos every day. You know, it's 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 quite a it's quite a place. It's quite a place for a young pup to uh, to uh, to learn this profession. Uh, I think know, I, I just I just wish they would teach them. But I would I just wish they would teach them and call the match. I I and, think and, and it's you would, learn, you would learn the best. You would learn the business so much more. Yeah, and you know what, Jack? I I think that. If uh, if Dusty were still there, it would be a very different product than what we're seeing today. You know, Dusty was, he had his fingerprints all over that place. He did, but he was right If they would, when they start these young kids, if they would make, you know, like I just said, if they would make the heels, call a match, and... and not let them go over shit. There you go. <laughs> you, literally, you literally have to go in and call a match. Yeah. Get this baby face over. Let's yeah. see what you got. Don't do I, it. I think, I think that, that's the key is to, 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 to more or less handcuff them from being able to call it in the back ahead of time and say, you guys got to go out there and actually feel your audience. Hey, you, Whether it's your peers. You've watched him train. You know what he can do. Go yep. call it in the ring. Yep. Yep. And... And, and, I think, uh, and, and I would think, and I would think it would it would make them appreciate the uh, the business a little bit more as an art. There you instead go. Instead of instead of a robotic robots, you know, uh, let's let's call everything. Like I said, man, when, when I was when I was first broke in, I didn't get to see the heel. I mean, the baby faces. Yeah. It was always it was always uh, 
you know, talk to the ref, go over finishes and stuff like that, and, you know, back and forth and back and forth with the ref, so, you know. I, I mean, I can relate, you know, when I got started as a referee, and now that you got to think, I got started in 1998, years after you, but it was still 1998. Right. I'd, be, I'd be the only referee for a whole show. I'd be out there for an hour and a half. Having only been in the back at the very beginning of the night, so match two, three, four, five. I mean, I even know your damn finish until you guys came out there and told me. Yeah. Right, right. And and that's the difference between I think a lot of what they do today versus what what even I was doing because they would call it in the ring or I would even call spots. You know, they would relay it to me to relay it to whoever. You know, you're over there taking a rest in the corner. Go tell them leapfrog duck down clothesline. Okay, you know that kind of shit. I don't think they do it anymore. I don't think that they, I don't know if they don't know how or they lost the, lost it or they're scared. You know, the younger guys have just, you know, have gotten so used to, you know, in the back of just, okay, this is what we're going to, it's the psychology of what we were talking about. They don't even know how to listen to that crowd to know if they're behind a match. Bingo. Bingo. You just said the magic word. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they don't, they, they completely, uh, they completely shut the crowd out. Where that's that's who you're entertaining. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the crowd that's entertaining. But if that one move works, why would why would you go off script and and, and work around that same type of move? You know what I, I just think well, I, yeah. I don't understand it, but I never will. <laughs> you know, I, I just I just I just don't like the robotic. Right. Well, I mean, even. Even Vince McMahon says it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So, in other words, go out there and do it. And if you do it and you screw up, well, look, at least the only thing you can do is ask for forgiveness. Well, no, I mean, everything, everything on TV is script right down to the second now. now it yeah, is. So, and it's a shame, so too. Corporate. It really is. It's so corporate. It's so slow corporate, it drives me crazy. Well, you can blame you can blame that on big money now, you know. Oh yeah, that that's the bottom line. Is it's 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 a money business now. You know, it's not the, it's not wrestling. Vince don't want me calling wrestling. Well, they, 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 there's the other part. That's a dirty word to yeah. that You know what, that's, Jack? That's, 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 why a, think, that's why I think that other group is is starting to. Uh, I mean, they're they're selling out shows in less than ten minutes. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, you know, they're doing really well. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait to see what happens. Yep. Well, Jack, I, I think we're gonna wrap it up here for the night. Okay, guys, I appreciate I appreciate it, and uh, you guys take care. I would love to have you come All back. All right, thank you, Jack. What's that? I said I would love to have you come back on here again soon, Jack. Okay, whenever you know, let me know. Just uh, uh, the, the fans are probably sick of me by now, so we give it about a month, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk again. All right, sounds good, brother. All right, guys. All right, Jack. Thank you so much. I'll be talking to you soon. Take care. Fans, ladies and gentlemen, that was our pleasure once again to have had the honor of talking with the one, the only Jack Victory or Jacko, as we called him a couple times, Angelo. Um, the Jacko name comes from when he was, well, a lot of guys refer to him as Jacko, but I think a lot of that comes from this time of doing the Royal Family, New Zealand Militia. His name was Jacko Victory there, I guess, to make him sound Australian. But um, <laughs> he, uh, great guy, fantastic, humble, humble is a great word for him. Yeah, um, 
you know, and 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 to his. It's hard to imagine Jeff being a heel wrestler that never had heat with anybody. No, that's what I was gonna say. To his credit, and I know we tried taking him down that hole a few times. We gave him ample opportunity. I tried, brother. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? People can't get mad at us because we did do our darndest to try to get him to give it. Not that he wasn't yes. willing to give the story because he gave us plenty of meat there. But he was not going to divulge but so much, and God bless him for it. Yeah. I mean, that, that right there, that to me, that, 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 that's, as you would say, that's part of the boy's mentality. Yeah. He Tried to get him to reveal some juicy tidbits, but he just wouldn't bite. You, you know what? And part of that, again, though, is, and I think you know this, you're not going to bury him but so much because you never, he, he didn't come right out there until the very end, but you heard him say he was at the PC for a week. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. know. He doesn't know who may get wind of what our podcast is doing and saying. And so, I mean, hey, I, I, you know what, though? I, that, that story about the egg fight for three days, that is hilarious. I yeah. can just imagine egg yolk, eggs. That car had to be smelling the foulest that it ever. Oh, my God. I can just imagine. Three days with the Steiners and cartons of eggs. And those and you imagine. The, 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 the <laughs> and, oh my god. So he um Yeah, he, he definitely he's a he's a good guy. I like him a lot. I, I, I really I enjoyed it. I know that we got coming yeah. up. If I'm not mistaken tomorrow we got Rico. Uh with Rico oh, no, no, Go ahead, tell the fans what's going on with that. Yes, uh we will have Rico Constantino. Uh, he's working out of his schedule. Um, so Rico does have a shoe job. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he had he just switched his schedule up, so we will be talking to Rico just as soon as he uh, works it into his schedule. But we have a definite firm commitment from former WWE, WWF star, and EWF star, Rico Constantino. It's a fascinating story to tell, and uh, I'll tell you what, what an inspiration this man is. You can, you can hear a bit of a teaser if you go to our uh, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Yes, our Google Play, iHearts, and iTunes. Uh, there's a link up that uh, Rico and I had a phone call, and uh, with his permission, I put it up. And uh, listen to that phone call; you'll get just a taste of what you'll hear in our interview. We're, we are trying to get Leap and Lanny Poffo, the genius, on the show. We've got feelers out to Lanny Poffo. And Mrs. Bruiser Brody, Barbara Goodish. We got a few out there of people that we're, we're talking to. Um, oh, and uh, on, let's see, I will tell you right now, we have a commitment from when we will record the show on December the 4th. December the 4th, we will have hardcore icon and legend bulldozer Matt Tremont from CZW. Awesome. A CZW original, talking all things hardcore, and that's a definite commitment. We will we will be recording on Tuesday the 3rd, and that show will drop on Wednesday, December the 4th. 
Now, real quick, I want to tell the fans, uh, of course, I'm going to push VCW. Um, Absolutely. And, and I, 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 I showed uh, over the week, this past week, I showed Angelo the main event from our last show, which was Gino, um, the champion, the, the heavyweight champion, who just signed with MLW for a multi-year contract, by the way. Um, so I don't know how much longer we're, we're going to have him with us, but, uh, <laughs> you know, right. anyway, he, um, and he, he was facing, and, and the, you know, he's facing a kid from CZW, um, I can't remember the kid's name right offhand. Anyway, what, you, I would encourage the fans to go to the YouTube Vanguard Championship Wrestling link and look it up, but it's, uh, what did you think of the match? Uh, I thought it was it's funny it was a great match but it was very old school in feel it felt like an old school match but with just enough high spots it wasn't a spot fest which I appreciated um, some decent actual wrestling which was surprising yeah from some young guys it was really surprising that they actually wrestled yep um I enjoyed it. I really did. Uh, and I encourage everybody. It's Vanguard Championship Wrestling. Yep. You can catch them on YouTube. And uh, and the website is what? VC, VCW.com or Vanguard? VCW-Wrestling.com. .com. And our next show is coming up December the 7th. It's going to be there in Norfolk at the Masonic Temple, which is a great, great venue to go watch wrestling. And you have a special guest coming that night. We do. We do. I would encourage anybody, if you're within even 100 miles driving distance to try to make this show um, it's going to be with the one the only the hardcore legend and WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley will be coming Mr. Bang Bang himself um, I mean yeah, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm looking forward to the work in that show he is I mean he's just an amazing guy and Yo, fans, you you want a chance to actually get a chance to meet meet a hero, meet meet one of your wrestling legends? This is your chance. You know, we're doing. I think it's. I believe it's a fifty dollar meet and greet with a photo and autograph package, so you can get your picture taken and have some signed by him as well. Right. It's not a bad deal. Most of these days, that's what you're going to pay if you go to any of these fan fest. You're going to stand in line and pay that kind of good money anyway. So, um, yeah. I mean, we're looking forward to having that. And once again vcw-wrestling.com you can order tickets there you can find them on facebook at vanguard championship wrestling and um you know that i would encourage anybody if, like i said a 100 miles even 200 miles driving distance i mean if you got the time or whatever come on down love to have absolutely. you absolutely so um and if you're in the new jersey area yeah in south jersey i encourage everybody to check out Dog Championship Wrestling. It's D A W D D. It's the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators. That's an NWA affiliate. It's Dog Championship Wrestling, December twenty seventh at the Max Fit Sports Center in Glassboro, New Jersey. JJ Dillon, Tatanka, Flying Brian Pillman Jr. And it's a fundraiser for Toys for Tots. So bring your canned goods, bring your goods there. It's a benefit show. It's called Hero for the Holidays. So check that out on the uh, NWA Dog site. Uh, it's easy to find. Just type in D-A-W-G Wrestling and you will find them. So Jeff, what else you got going on? 
that's pretty much it. I'm going to say I think we're going to try to get Mike, me and Mike to do another roundtable with you either Thursday or Friday, whatever he's got available. Yes, we are going to do a show on the lost art of the wrestling promo. Okay. So, okay. Oh, Joe, that ought to be a good one. That is going to be uh, very Mike has some real strong opinions on that one. Mike has very strong opinions on a lot of stuff. That's one yes, reason why I like him. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I, I like him a lot. And, 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 I, and, and I want to tell everybody, Jeff, Yeah. that uh, check out Mike Messier, uh, our, our uh, partner here at the Wrestling with the Future. He is right now a featured guest on Monty and the Pharaoh podcast on YouTube. Yep. Monty and the Pharaoh with Mike Messier. He's on the entire show. So check him out. And uh, you will not be disappointed. Mike's a very opinionated guy. He looks like a very shy guy. Trust me, he's not. (laughs) Good way to put it. All right. So what else, Jeff, before you wrap the thing up? That's pretty much it. I'm going to be watching WWE backstage tonight at 11 and, you know, staying in front of all things wrestling. You know, as it happens, I'm there to to keep our fans abreast of everything that's going on in the wrestling world today. And um, like like I said, I, I put this out there on my Facebook page and I'll say this. If you are a listener of our show, we will have you come on, whether you... Or, uh, you know, whether you're in the wrestling business or not, if you got something fascinating to talk about, we'll be glad to have you come on here. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't care what your job may be. If it's something fascinating that you think would be a, an intriguing topic, by all means, contact us. We'd love to have you come on. And, Jeff, uh, I, I think people should also know that you may have a surprise guest for us coming on. One of the original Glow Girls. Yes. Yeah, tell everybody about that. Um, from season four, I I have uh, been in contact with from season four the one the only Gremlina. She was the one of the only managers and true managers that they had, um, and she was a manager of uh, the of one of the taller females there named Daisy. And um, if you go back, like I said, Glow season four, she is trained by Colonel Nanuchka. She was there during the during their last season run, and before they ended up going off the air, unfortunately, or whatever happened to them. Right. But, um, she definitely has some uh, pretty good stories there, as far as her time there with the Glow and, and Vegas, and yeah. And she's made herself available to us whenever we can squeeze her in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's terrific. Yeah. So let me give everybody our social media. Yeah. We are on Facebook.com forward slash Wrestling with the Future. You can reach our mailbox at Wrestling with the Future at Yahoo.com. You can also send questions to Wrestling with the Future at Gmail.com. So you can reach us on Gmail and Yahoo. Yep. You can find us on all major media platforms. Yep. The audio platforms are Google Play Music. Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, iTunes, um, Podbean, Podbean. Uh, you can find our video format on YouTube forward slash Wrestling with the Future, and ta-da, brand new. We are on Stitcher. 
I mean, I'm sorry, on Twitch TV. Ah, we are also on Twitch now, so you can find us on Twitch for our video. You can find us virtually any and everywhere. Everywhere. Yes, sir. So go ahead, hit those downloads, click that like button, give us a subscription. We need it. We, we, we appreciate it. And we should also tell everybody, Jeff, all of our downloads are free. Yes, yes. And will uh, not be charged for a download, only for special shows. Right, right. And, and we'll let you guys know when we're going to be doing those. We'll let you know when there's going to be a special show that we're going to do that we will be charging for. And um, But in the meantime, I think that, that about wraps it up. All right, folks. Well, for Jeff the Ref, this is Psychic Angelo. Happy wrestling, everybody. We'll see you same time next week. Goodbye, everybody. Well...